right, we are going to be kicking things off here in just another few minutes. You can see the countdown timer on the screen. If you are on the page right now, if you're not on the page, you want to get on over to the link that I'll put up on the bottom of my screen, which is getweb3ready.com forward slash live. That is where the live session is going to be happening. We'll be starting things uh, right a few minutes off the top of the hour just to make sure that everyone has a chance to head on over and be in the right place. Uh, if you happen to be watching this on a place like YouTube or Facebook or somewhere off of that page, know that this stream is going to end and it's going to be continuing only on that page. So this is my kind of reminder announcement, uh, friendly reminder, say head on over, get to that link that you see here on this page because that's where the live session is going to be happening at getweb3ready.com forward slash live. This is a free session. It's a live session, but you got to be here live in order to participate. And speaking of participate. What I'd love to encourage you to do, if you haven't done so already, is to join me inside the chat on that page. If you head on over to that link, you're going to see here um, a screen that looks a little something like this. And on the screen, uh, you will see a chat roll on the right-hand side. And I'd love for you to just say, hey, let me know where you're watching this from, where you are in the world right now. I see Dave McColl from London, Doug Aloha from Hawaii. Trisha, great to see you here. Trisha, tuning in from Las Vegas. Deneen, happy to be here. Happy to have you as well. Tamil, happy hello from the plane. Man, that's an exciting thing to be uh, doing right now on the plane. Uh, hey, Bruce, looking forward to this as well. James, UK here, been through the Ask Method Mentorship. Yes, great to see you here, James. Uh, Heva, awesome to see you here on our team. Suzanne, Awesome to see you on our team. So you can head on over here um, to uh, uh, what is happening here. Hey, John, Kendall Graham, great to see you. Malcolm and Michelle and SKND and Michael, yes, great to see all of you here. So if you haven't done so already, what you want to do is um, on this screen, you're going to see here, and I'll um, give you a few reminders on this for those of us who are just getting here live in a few minutes as we kind of get things going. Um, you'll just choose whichever platform is uh, best for you. You can click on this Facebook icon. That's the one that I personally like to use. You just click on that Facebook icon, and what it'll do is it'll ask you to uh, connect and uh, connect with, um, with Facebook. In this case, it's going to show you my name right here. Let me see if I can make that a little bit easier for you to read. You'll click continue and that'll allow you to connect with your uh, Facebook account. If you're not on Facebook, you can always uh, sign in as a guest. There are some benefits to being logged in on Facebook, which is, um, uh, makes it a little bit easier. Head on over there and uh, we'll be able to uh, chat and have a conversation in real time. So um, I'm gonna give you a second to do that, um, let you um, get yourself in here. And in the meantime, I've got a few questions for you that I'd love to kind of toss your way for those of you who are here a few minutes early. And by the way, I just want to tease you with something. There are points for participation, and yes, there will be prizes. So what that means is the more you participate, the better chance you have to win. So when I throw out a question, when I throw out a mini micro exercise, when I throw something out and say, hey, what do you think about this? Um, just a little extra added motivation to jump right in and uh, really get the most out of this experience. Um, speaking about getting the most out of this experience, I highly recommend that you've got something to take some notes with, pen and paper, or if you like to do things digitally, a tablet with something that you can take some notes with, because uh, we're going to cover a lot of ground in uh, each session in this symposium beginning with today's session, which is our first session of the Web3 Future Symposium. And we're going to be talking about the topic of traffic. That's right. How to generate leads in a cookie-less world using the power of Web 3.0 traffic and advertising. And I've got a very special guest that I'll be introducing in just a few short minutes from now. Uh, it all kicks off in about three minutes, as you can see right here, three minutes and 30 seconds on my screen. If you're watching this on Facebook or on YouTube right now, head on over to that link that you see on the screen, which is getweb3ready.com forward slash live. 
If you're listening to this right now, it's getweb3 as in the number, the digit, getweb3ready.com forward slash live. And the reason for that is this live broadcast will be ending in just a few short minutes and we'll be focusing 100% on that page that you see there. So you can get yourself situated, get yourself a drink of water, a hot or cold beverage, your preferred choice. I'm drinking some water with some lemon in it right now which is a great option if you're doing a lot of talking or presenting or speaking or training or teaching, whatever it may be. Um, get yourself a beverage, get yourself something to take some notes with. We're gonna kick things off in just another minute or two. And the question I'd love to ask for those of you who are here a little bit early today and those of you who have introduced yourselves already, and I absolutely love that, um, let me know what are you most excited about in terms of this symposium? So what are you most excited to hear about? What are you most excited to learn about? What topic are you most excited about? So we got five topics that we're gonna be covering. We're gonna be talking about traffic, we're gonna be talking about your product. We're gonna be talking about email and follow-up. We're gonna be talking about data and privacy. And we're gonna be talking about your funnel, the way in which you convert traffic into leads, leads into customers, and into clients in your business. So we're gonna cover all of that in this very special live symposium that's happening this week. Um, let me know inside the chat, which one are you most excited about? Is it traffic? Is it uh, data? Is it funnel? Is it um, email? Is it product? What are you most excited about? What are you most excited about here in this symposium? Let me know inside the chat on that page at getweb3ready.com forward slash live. We're going to kick things off here in just another minute or two. And in the meantime, I just want to say hello to so many of you here. I can't even keep up. This is such a great group right here. Shirley from New Mexico. Hey, Shirley. Kyler from Alberta, Canada. Great to see you here. Victoria from New Zealand. Man, we got a great international crowd here. Hey, Victoria. Becky from California. Renee, Sunny Beach, Bulgaria. Beautiful. Um, uh, gosh, I can't even keep up right now. Let's see if I can see. Oh, man, goodness gracious. Einar from Ohio. Really excited about traffic. Look at this. Uh, creating customers. Growing and learning something new. Email. iOS updates. This is all new to me. Funnel, 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 funnel. I see a flood of funnels happening right now. This is exciting. Traffic. Traffic, yes. I'm excited about everything. Sorry. Hard to pick. Kara says, let's see. Traffic and funnel. Traffic and email. Um, all about cookies and tracking, says Kathy. Awesome. Love that. Janet from email. Uh, I just like the word funnel. <laughs> it, it sounds fun, right? You know, it's fun in the words. So it's got to be fun, right? Well, we are going to have some fun. We're going to learn a ton. I hope that you're going to have some fun. You're going to learn a ton. You're going to have some massive takeaways and really set yourself up for success um, in this new era that we're entering. Like, who else feels like we're we're like we're turning a corner in this in this this new season, this new world of change, this new beginning. I don't know about you, but I I feel like we are about to enter into this new era, this new world that I've personally been preparing for and spending a lot of time thinking about. And I can't wait to be sharing some of what we're doing in our business, what I'm doing personally, and what our expert guests are doing as well in all the areas that we've been talking about in preparing for this new Web 3.0 era. All right, we're going to kick things off here in just another few seconds. If you haven't already done so, if you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube right now, head on over to that link that you see on the screen, which is getweb3ready.com live. Head to that link because the feeds and all the other places are going to be shutting down, power down, and all in one place at that link. That is where you want to be. So without further delay, if you're ready, I'm ready. Who's ready to kick things off? Shall we do this? All right, let's do this. Hi, my name is Ryan Levesque five-time Inc. 500 CEO of the Ask Method Company, and I'm going to be your host here today at this live Web 3.0 Future Symposium. How to prepare for this new era of digital marketing that we are entering beginning here today. 
Over the next few days, we're going to be covering five ways over the next five days to prepare for this new Web 3.0 future, this new era of digital marketing. And we're going to be covering a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Each day, I have a new guest who's going to be joining us who is going to be talking about one of the most important topics when it comes to getting customers online, growing and scaling your business in the areas of things like traffic, your product, email, data, privacy, your funnel, and we're going to be touching on things like the iOS 14.5 updates, how to succeed in a cookie-less world, the changes to privacy, privacy laws happening in the world and what to do about it. We're going to be covering things like third-party data, first-party data, and zero-party data and what it all means. We're going to cover the changes happening on Facebook, changes happening on Google, touching on places like TikTok and LinkedIn and what that all means for your business how to take advantage of the changing regulations and changing laws, what's happening not only with iOS 14 and iOS 15, but what's coming around the corner in the world. In other words, how to prepare for this new era of digital marketing that we are all part of, that we all must be prepared for in order to be successful online. We're going to be doing things live. This is live without a net. You're going to see anything could happen at any point in time. Uh, so for those of you wondering, is this pre-recorded? No, this is not pre-recorded. I'm sitting here right now with you, in real time with you. You're on like a 20-second delay, I think, just like live television. So you're seeing things 20 seconds after they're actually coming out of my mouth. But beyond that, this is as live in real time as it gets. So with that being said, I just want to make sure I'm covering all the things that we need to cover to kick things off here today. So if you're just joining us right now, I want to remind you that the way that we're going to be engaging in this symposium is in the live chat. Now, the way that you engage in live chat is right here on the screen. You'll see the screen right here. On the right-hand side, you'll see there's about 950 of us watching this right now, um, almost 1,000 of us watching us uh, in uh, real time, and I think those numbers will probably change and adjust over time. Head on over to this little box that you see right here. And first things first, I'd love for you to just take a moment to introduce yourself. Just say, hey, let me know where in the world you are right now, where you are watching this from. And the way you do that is really, really simple. At the bottom of the screen, you can just see where it says, please sign in if you're signed into Facebook. Facebook. You can do Facebook or Twitter or any one of these platforms, or you can just sign in as a guest. You just click this button right here, type in your name, and hit the sign in button. One of the big benefits if you sign in through Facebook is I tend to see you a lot better because I can see your smiling, handsome, beautiful face, um, which makes it a little bit easier for me to see you when I'm asking questions or you're asking questions and you want to get a little bit of feedback when we're doing the micro assignments. So there are some benefits to doing that as well. So um, you want to make sure you do that. I love that. A lot of us here are ready, ready to rock. I'm loving to see all these great comments here. Uh, very, very exciting to see so many of you here um, in all sorts of places in around the world. Sao Paulo, Brazil, um, Elsie from Mexico watching from, I think, Virginia, Catherine here, Utah, Kirksville, La Mancha. It's going so fast, I can't even keep up with everything. The Philippines, hey, Gia. Uh, Dr. Lou from Florida, Detroit, Michigan, upstate New York, says Therese. Hey, John Chambers from Utah, Calgary, San Antonio, right down the street in Texas, where I am right now, Phil in Arizona. Awesome. We got a great crew here today. So I want to try to keep things fun, lively, as interactive as possible, um, and we are going to get a lot of ground covered. So um, that's the first thing is chat. Second thing is I want to let you know about sort of live versus replay. Um, you know, so we're going to be live each day just like we are here today. Same time, same channel each day. So mark your calendar. Put it in your calendar. You want to be here live. And there are a few big reasons why you want to be here live. Number one, 
Um, this week, we're doing a week-long access pass, which means you can access any of the sessions if you want to rewatch or go back and watch something for this week only. That's it. So that is through Sunday, June 12th at midnight Pacific time. After that, these trainings go away. So just that's my, my reminder to you. So that way, if there's a session you can't make, if you're getting married or someone in your family is graduating, or if you got a, a, a fancy date right one night or whatever it may be and you can't make it, um, you know that you've got until Sunday to watch it and then that's it it's done it's gone for good so make sure that you don't delay and the reason for that is um, we're making things present relevant uh, uh, current to what's happening right now and uh, I want you to, to consume it I want you to watch it I want you to use it I don't want it to be something that you download sit on your hard drive somewhere and uh, never you know do anything with look we all got videos like that right I got videos like that I've got things that I've downloaded that just end up in that folder that you never touch, so I don't want that to happen. So that's the first thing. Second thing is when you actually are here live, like you are here today, there are a couple big benefits. Number one, you get access to the training right away. So you don't have to wait for anything to get posted. Wait, is it live yet? Is it up? Is it not? No, you're here live. You're hearing it before anybody else in the world. Huge advantage um, to do that. So that's uh, number one. Uh, number two is uh, in addition to that, uh, when you're live, you have the opportunity to engage and ask questions. So you'll be hearing some times along the way where I'll throw some questions your way. The guests might be throwing some questions. You'll have an opportunity to ask your questions. So there's a real benefit to being here live as opposed to catching it later down the road. Um, and then the other big benefit is, as I alluded to those of you who are here a little bit early, is that each day there are points for participation. Meaning the more you participate, the more points you get. And the reality is we've got some really cool prizes that we're going to get, give away a little bit later in the symposium, and we will be tracking your engagement. The more you participate, the better chance you have to win one of these cool prizes. And I'm not going to spoil the secrets just yet on what those are. But suffice to say, the more you participate, the more engaged you are, the more you are here and just all in, the more you're going to get out of this experience, the more you're going to learn, the more you're going to retain, the more you're going to be able to recall, and the more you are going to have a better chance to win some prizes uh, on top of all that. So cool things uh, are in store. And so the first thing that we're going to do, first kind of micro exercise for participation is uh, something that we call the nugget challenge. And here's how this works. Anytime that you hear something in any session, beginning with today's session, that is an aha moment, a discovery, an observation, a light bulb moment, something that makes you think, oh gosh, I never really thought about that before, I want to invite you to use hashtag nugget, all capital letters, hashtag nugget, just like you see it on the screen right now, inside the chat, and let me know what that nugget is. It could be a meta observation, the way in which uh, this session has kicked off. It could be something I've said, something one of the guests have said. It could be something that made you think, maybe a new idea or an insight that you hadn't thought about, maybe thinking about things in a new and different way. So we're going to test this out right now. This is kind of like the test nugget. Um, and you'll be doing this the whole time, so there's no limits to how many nuggets that you might see. Um, but what is a nugget that you have had just in the first few minutes that we've had right now? And I know we just got started. It could be maybe an engagement mechanism. It could be maybe the way in which that we started the session live on Facebook and YouTube, and then actually shut it down and kept everyone here inside the group. It could be something just looking at the page itself, studying the page and saying, hey, I might want to do something like that 
in my next summit or symposium or launch or whatever it may be. Maybe you're just getting some ideas that you can apply in your business. Maybe you're saying, hey, I need to get my slogan on a t-shirt like this retro bad boy right here and do something like this because yeah, we're gonna be kicking some serious ask here today. We are the Ask Method company after all. We're gonna have some fun with that. So what's been a nugget that you've had? It could be any nugget, big or small, hashtag nugget, post it inside. This is a test nugget to see, just to make sure that you're here in the right place. The plumbing is working and everything is going all good. And over our next hour plus together, I wanna to invite you anytime that you have a nugget to post it inside the chat thread. So I'm just gonna take a look and see what we've got right here. Nuggets, uh, lots of nuggets. Having engagement with nuggets, yeah. It's kind of like the ultimate nugget within a nugget. It's like that movie Inception, right? It's like a nugget within a nugget within a nugget. Um, Five-day overview formatting like this, nugget about the community, building it, all the engagement that's happening right now. Cookie-less world, um, yeah, kicking some serious ask, liking that one right there. Hashtag nugget workshop coupon, yeah, liking that. Nugget uh, test, the nugget, the test nugget, exactly. <laughs> Uh, nugget, uh, the need to be ready for change. Yeah, so, so many great takeaways, so many great nuggets, so keep them going. And for those of you participating, one of the big benefits on this page right here is it's beneficial to have that chat thread running alongside. So you might not pick up on something that someone else picks up on. You might say, oh, that's a really good one, and then you write it down. So that chat on the right-hand side is like the gift that keeps on giving. So pay attention to that. Let that kind of flow in the background as we dive into all the good stuff. All right, I think we've covered everything that I wanted to cover before we introduce our first guest here today. So just to reorient us all to where we are here today, welcome once again to the Web 3.0 future a five-day symposium on how to prepare for this new era of digital marketing. And today, we're gonna to be focusing on the topic of traffic and advertising. And to do that, we have a very, very special guest. And our guest today that we'll be talking with is none other than Mr. Trey Shanneman. And before we bring Trey on here, I wanna just introduce you to Trey so you can get a sense for who Trey is and appreciation for his expertise and the reason why I invited Trey to be our featured speaker on the topic of traffic and advertising in this new Web 3.0 world that we live in. So Trey Shenneman is our chief marketing officer here at the Ask Method company and at our sister company, Bucket.io. He's responsible for overseeing a multi-million dollar marketing and advertising budget. He runs our entire marketing team and division, and we've grown our company in the last few years to over 80 team members around the world. Uh, so Trey is responsible for everything from brand positioning to performance marketing to paid advertising, generating traffic, and everything in between. Now, just to kind of give you a sense for Trey's background, before joining us in this role, um, Trey uh, spent four years leading the marketing and branding efforts of many brands that you are gonna be familiar with. Um, one of which is uh, uh, the international public figure, uh, Dave Ramsey, uh, Ramsey Solutions. So if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey and his work and his radio show and everything that he's built, uh, Trey was a leading marketing executive on uh, Ramsey Solutions team prior to joining us here at the Ask Method Company. Uh, before that, um, he was responsible for helping to lead the John Maxwell Leadership Foundation. So if you've ever read one of John Maxwell's like 100 plus books that he's written, it's probably more than
more than that on the topics of leadership and uh, becoming a better leader and all the other topics. Uh, Trey was there previously. Um, and before that, Trey actually ran two incredibly successful digital marketing agencies. He did that for over eight years. And that's really important because when you're responsible for running the marketing of one company, that can be very powerful. But when you also couple that with the perspective of running marketing for dozens, if not hundreds of smaller companies as well, it's an incredibly powerful perspective to see where people struggle, where people succeed, where businesses get stuck, and the practices that work best. Um, Trey's a family man. You're going to get to know Trey a little better. He hails from Tennessee. It's where he lives right now with his family in Franklin, Tennessee. He and his wife have two kiddos, um, and Trey is just an overall great guy. Uh, don't talk about uh, uh, SEC football with him because he is a passionate football fan. Um, we're not even going to mention his team because uh, I don't want to ruffle any feathers right now. But please join me in welcoming the one, the only, Mr. Trey Shanneman. Trey, it's great to have you here, man. Brian, it's a pleasure to be with you. I'm going to have to take notes on that bio uh, and figure out who slipped you a $5 bill to say such nice things about me. But uh, I'm, I'm so glad to be here. I'm, I'm passionate about a couple of different things that are going to intersect in today's talk. Number one, online advertising. It's how I fed my family for the better part of 15 years now. Number two, education and giving people a hand up not just the handout, actually showing them the way to improve themselves. And number three, emerging trends. And there's a lot of emerging trends that are happening right now that we've got to have our ear to the ground so that we don't get left behind. You know, this is a chance for us to really be opportunists. Um, and, uh, you know, my personal mentor growing up used to say, first be a specialist, then be a generalist. So when the right opportunity comes, you can be a capitalist. And we are entering into one of those right opportunity moments right now for those of us who are paying attention. So I'm excited to talk about those things today. Well, let's get right into it, right? So uh, we're going to talk about traffic. We're going to talk about advertising. But I think it's important that we set the stage and have the right context. When we talk about Web 3.0, specifically in the context of digital marketing, right? What does that mean exactly, this new third era of the internet? How do we understand and look at this new era we're about to enter into, maybe looking back at what's happened over the last few years and before that? Talk a little bit about what this new Web 3.0 era actually means. Yeah, so sometimes before you can go forward, you got to go backwards. And so I think the first thing we need to understand is, you know, that 25, 30 years ago before the advent of the internet, you know, when people wanted to get information, there was a handful of places that you could go and, and get that information. I can remember being raised going to my grandfather's house. And one of the things I look forward to about going to my grandfather's house was that he had an, a complete uh, set of the Encyclopedia Britannica. And there was just so much information that you could learn when I would go to my grandfather's house for the weekend. And so libraries, universities, these places were the arbiters, the aggregators of all the information. And so you had to go there to learn. And when the internet first came out in Web 1.0, what, what happened was we moved from this sort of centralized approach to information, it's only in a handful of places, to more of this decentralized uh, kind of pop-up websites on specific topics all over the web with, uh, you know, you had to get an email address to sign on here, or you could go to this domain over here. And there ended up being this proliferation of just this uh, expanse of websites that rolled out really fast. And I would I would say it was very wide, but very shallow. You had a bunch of websites that were spent up on single specific topics, uh, you know, sports teams or areas of study, so on and so forth. So that was sort of web 1.0, this, this sort of decentralized from the schools and universities and the encyclopedia companies to this just proliferation of websites. Well, then the second phase, sort of after the dot-com boom, 
came about early 2000s, really the better part of the last 15, 16 years now, where you had these big aggregators now step up and say, you know what, with our server speed, you know, our advertising strategy, our offer, our angle, we can start to centralize again on the on the web. And so you see Googles of the world and the Facebooks of the world, the Apples of the world, the Amazons of the world, the Netflixes of the world, all these sort of almost monopolistic brands in specific areas kind of rise up and start to aggregate large percentages of all the traffic online starting to come to a, a much fewer number of domains for a lot of people you know they experienced the web through mainly those sites google and facebook are certainly at the top of the list and amazon for shopping and so you have this centralization that happened in sort of the second phase of, of, of the internet and here in the last couple of years with the, the advent of things like uh, blockchain and the financial market we're starting to see this cracking, this sort of fissure that's sort of breaking out in the way that the Internet happens. And a lot of it has to do with several different inputs, but we're, we're seeing a real move now back away from this these centralized platforms again. I think the last couple of years globally have been a mirror in our lives for a lot of reasons, you know, dealing with the pandemic and being quarantined and people starting to really look at the, their lives and say, what do I want? What do I want to be known for? You know, I think people started to get weirded out a little bit about how sophisticated a lot of the advertising algorithms have gotten. And, you know, I know if you're anything like me and you've had a conversation at dinner one night and then the next morning, random ad shows up in your feed and you're like, wow, I'm not sure how that happened. So there's all these things that are, that are moving us into this space of now decentralization again, back to the way the first era the internet was where you're going to see um, a certain currency bubble up to the top and that's the currency of trust and how it's doled out from site to site to site i think i think you're going to see people just take a different approach to the internet altogether so, so that, that's sort of a little bit of a history of how we got here yeah so i don't i don't want to go too far ahead of ourselves um, at this stage but what i want to just recap is something that you just said and this is important for those of you who are here live getting your nuggets in and putting them inside the chat right now is you know, if we think about the, the internet as being sort of web 1.0, you've got decentralization, de, you know, democratization of information. Like for the first time ever, you could go on, online, you could look up a website about anything, like, and you could create a website about anything in the world, right? But then it's a lot of work, right? You could create your own, your own servers and video hosting and learn how to code and like, that's a lot of work. And so you got these big tech aggregators that came in like the Facebooks and Googles and Twitters and YouTubes and Googles of the world, right? Consolidating everything. So we've got this sort of, you know, decentralization to centralization to now decentralization again, where we're kind of seeing history repeat itself. I heard this recently. I think it's attributed to Mark Twain. I don't know if he's actually said this, but it's something similar to this. It's history doesn't re repeat itself, but it does rhyme. And I thought that was so good. It's so spot on, right? History doesn't, might not repeat itself, but it does rhyme. And so we see these cycles that happen. We have cycles that, that, that occur in, in all aspects of life. We have seasonal cycles. We have you know, cycles that occur on an annual basis, on a 100-year on a basis. We've got economic cycles that happen. We've got social cycles that happen where you, you move from these periods of expansion and contraction and centralization and decentralization. But, but what is it that you think that's happened, Trey, that's like made this like right now, you touched on it, but I'd really like to mm -hmm. sit here for a minute. Like, what is it that's happened in the world that's created this ripe environment for decentralization, which has spawned what's happening behind the scenes for Web 3.0, for this third era of digital marketing? And then we're going to talk a little bit about what this means on a tactical, practical basis. But it's important to understand the backdrop on what's gotten us to where we, here today, where we are here today. What is it about the world? What do you think is the thing that's kind of created this ripe environment for this change right now? Yeah, I think, um, 
I'm not sure the exact year, but at least seven or eight years ago was the first major data breach that I remember hearing about on the web. And it happened with a big bank that was out there. And a lot of people's accounts were released online. And that was sort of a domino in this sort of six or seven year run that we've now had that was a capstone from the pandemic where every institution that we have trust in on the planet in some way, shape or form has got people on both sides of it right now that either trust it or distrust it. And the more we get into this thing, the more the scales are tipping into that deep, that distrust side, you know, think banking, I already said banking, think about big tech, think about medicine and everything that's happened in the last couple of years with medicine. Think about the, the news media and whether you believe there's fake news or not. I'm not trying to take a side or the other. I'm just talking about the narratives that are out there. So you got that, you've got distrust over social media. Are they spying on us? Like, how do they know that that little um, caveat that I said a minute ago about an ad randomly showing up? Like, how do they know that? You know, is Alexa really only listening to me when I ask it a question or is it listening to me all the time? Like, there has been this spiraling effect that's happening. What's making people just quest, uh, question the foundational entities that we've put our trust in so much so I know you track it it's something I've tracked in my space for quite a while time Edelman has put out this thing called the trust barometer for about 10 years now and it's the first time maybe ever if not ever it's only once or twice that this happened before that when the the the, the survey group was surveyed that it's the first time that the majority of people have actually said no I'm, I'm in a state of distrust not trust. And so when you actually drill into that, to, the, to that uh, barometer that they put out and dig down into it, as a matter of fact, the really the only entity that's out there that has a positive bent towards trust right now of the big 10 or 12 that they track is business, which yeah. is quite, quite profound. Everyone else on there, if, if they are positive, it's like they're 51% positive or 52, which to me in a survey that could kind of go one way or the other, you know, you change the sample size a little bit. So you've got this this like overwhelming state of distrust in our personal lives, our professional lives, our financial lives, our medical lives, our educational lives. Like we don't know if is the, is the student loan industry. Like it feels like it's a runaway train, you know, and it's just getting more and more expensive. It's like everywhere you turn, you like, you don't know who you can trust. And so when that happens, people have a natural tendency to retreat. And when you overlay on top of that, the quarantining and everything that happened the last couple of years, that pushes the retreat even more. So we're just living in a world right now where um, the the web and 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 those that are uh, you know opportunist in a good way. I don't necessarily mean that. Sometimes that word can have a negative connotation to it, but opportunist in a good way are seeing this as a chance to capitalize. Like I said at the beginning on these changing shifts just in the general way we do life and and we'll get into it here in a second some of the big brands themselves have said you know what this is one of those we take it we turn the corner moments and the in the fabric of society like we are in one of those seasons right now and some of these brands are drawing really big lines in the sand and saying we're going to fundamentally change our business operations because of what we're seeing so a lot of distrust out there ryan so we're in this period of distrust, erosion of trust, as you put it, all sort of levels, all entities in society at the sovereign level, so government distrust, at the financial level, so distrust in banks and the banking institutions and Wall Street, medical institution distrust, big tech distrust. We saw that play out in a huge way. So this is an important backdrop for what we're talking about. But, but Trey, the, the title of this conversation here today is Web 3.0 Traffic. 
effective yeah. lead generation in a cookie-less world. So, so what does this all have to do with traffic and the way we market online? It's, it's very, I think, insightful background, but what does this boil down to if we look at this on a tactical, practical level? Like, was that, what, what was the seminal event? in your mm -hmm. mind where everything shifted, where we sort of moved from this web 2.0 mindset that we've been in for the last six, seven, eight years to this new web 3.0 mindset where we have to shift and do things differently. What worked mm -hmm. in the last few years no longer works today. What was the, 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 the event in history? When did it happen? What was that event that everything started to shift? Yeah, so back, let's back, back up to the fourth quarter of 2020 and Apple starts, you start hearing this chatter that Apple has decided that its calling card moving forward was going to be privacy, not user experience, you know, or, you know, being cutting edge on their tech, which they are, but privacy. And they, and the first big announcement coming out of that was, was they announced in the spring of 2021 that since privacy was going to become their competitive advantage, their angle in the market, that they were actually going to put the power in their users' hands to decide what information gets tracked from these guys right here or from your computers, from your devices. And they, they did do the kind thing of at least saying, hey, it's going to be end of spring of 2021 when we do this, but it's coming. And so basically what they said was when at the at the device level, people are going to be able to say, yes, I want my information tracked by third party websites, which we're going to talk about who those are in a second, or no, I do not. And all these postulators came out early on and said, hey, don't worry about it. People like their convenience. We don't have anything to worry about. 10% of people are going to opt out or 15% of people are going to opt out. So we don't, some, some people almost pushed off the preparation for it because they were drinking the Kool-Aid that it was going to be this monumental effect. Hey, okay? hey Trey, before, before, yeah. you, before you jump into it, because I know you're going to share it, but I'd love to put it to our group here to, to guess. So, yeah. so when, when iOS 14 came out, new operating system 14.5, that's issued on every single Apple device in the world, uh, which represents the majority of buyers, certainly in the United States and much of the Western world. I know there's some of us here that use Android devices and alternatives, but, but iOS is an overwhelming majority of especially what we call PWMs, players with money. So not just citizens on the internet, but buyers on the internet using an iOS device. So what were the estimates of the percent of people who would opt out to allow tracking on their device? You said it was how much? What was the, the guess uh, at the most time? Most of the estimate, so now when they made, so they didn't drop 14.5 till March, okay? But yep. they released in December that it was coming and that when right. it came, and then there's a bunch of articles that hit the internet and most people were dressing, were dressing 10, 15, 20% of people are gonna choose to opt out. So 10, before I say the percent number, of people, yeah, would opt out. So inside the chat, I'd love for you to guess what the actual number has been. The actual percent of Apple users who, after having iOS 14.5 install, installed on their device, whether it's their iPhone, their iPad, their computer, whatever it may be, what percent do you think have actually said, I do not want big tech to track my user behavior on the internet anymore? What percent do you think? Just post inside the chat, whatever your guess is. I'll read off a few of these guesses. You can go ahead. Again, remember, there's points for participation in this. So the more you participate, the better chance you have to win. This is important, guys, because this is where everything changed. This is where what used to work like a year ago at this time no longer works here today and why we are all having this conversation right now. So if you just stand me for just a second, I'm just going to get a sense for what the percent is. I see a lot of guesses right here. 75%, 80%, 75%. 
75, 90 plus, 80%, 85%. A lot of great guesses here. I'm seeing a ton of guesses here inside the group. Um, uh, love this. Look at that, 1111 uh, number of us online right now. Trey, hit us. Drop the hammer, man. Yeah. What percentage yeah. of the people said, I don't want you to track me anymore? Apple and Facebook and Google and everybody else. What was that percentage? 88%. 88%. Think about that for a minute. So if Apple ever had it on the nose and knew that people no longer want to be tracked, they're no longer going to accept the status quo of trading their data and privacy for convenience, no longer a thing. And overnight, what worked for all digital advertising, all digital marketing online, no longer works. And so we saw all sorts of effects. So when iOS 14.5 rolled out, Trey, just talk a little bit about what changed? Like, what were some of the effects yeah. that happened? Where did, yeah. where did we see it? Where did people see it? Where do small business owners see it and feel it in terms of their digital yeah. marketing results? I can tell you where we felt it in my business because I was running a pretty high-powered funnel at the time that was spending, spending a bunch of money. And the biggest, uh, the biggest place, like when, when Apple decided to make it, hey, I'm going to put the power in the user's hands. And what happened was they made the ability for you to opt out available overnight. So in that way, when the operating system was installed, that was a light switch, right? So that was a light switch moment. You can opt in, you opt out. But what we saw as advertisers was there was some... There was some in, some knee-jerk reaction stuff that happened in the market, particularly on sites like Facebook, who were wildly dependent on that information being publicly shared so that they could use it in their targeting. And so what we saw happen is 15, 20, 30, 80, 100, 200, 300% increases in our cost per lead within the first 20, 30, 40 days of this coming out while the systems even us as advertisers, between the data that the systems could access and what it could no longer access, it basically sent the system into a, uh, a uh, I don't even know how to describe it around, like an oscillation that you could not manage well. It was just all over the place for 30, 45, 50 days. And then for us, once we got it di dialed, the best way that the, you know, the players were telling us to dial it, what used to cost us two, three bucks was costing us 12, 13 bucks, and we couldn't get it to go down any further. I mean, there are a lot of businesses, if they were single, chan single channel businesses, like the only place they were doing advertising, particularly was on Facebook. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't have a stat on this like I have on some of the other things I've shared so far, but I have a feeling there were a lot of businesses who've probably went out of business because this change happened. It caught them flat footed. They were so dependent on that stream that they had built coming out of that channel and they didn't know how to respond well. They reacted, they changed so much because they felt like they had to. And so what happened now is, you know, even a year later, um, as more and more and more people have opted out and there's less and less and less information available. I mean, just yesterday I was in our account and I'm still getting notifications now. You and I joke, I call it the red bar of despair. It was like, hey, the red bar of despair is in the account again. Essentially, we're still feeling the ripple effect of even more and more features that you used to be able to target that are just no longer available. Because if you think about it, as people opt out, once the numbers of people opted in get so small, it can no longer be an interest subset or a behavior that Facebook can pick up anymore to be able to target. So the biggest channel that suffered the most from this 
as far as a loss of market share in a way, I'd say would be Facebook because of its dependence on third party data. But the other there are even the other players have also had to respond as well. You know, it's not like they could just see that happen and not make a move. So I think that's the biggest thing people need to understand. And there's some other things I can teach on that we're going to get to in a second. But it's a, it's been it was a light switch moment, but it was a ripple effect. And we need to make sure that we're, we're deciding going forward how aware we are going to stay about those changes that are happening and what we're going to do about it. So I want to I want to take a step back and think that's all really good context and I really want to just kind of go back to basics on really what this actually means and kind of talk about it in a in a real sense. So pre iOS 14.5 if if you were browsing on the internet and you're mm -hmm. shopping for let's say something like a backpack, right? You're shopping for a backpack. Well, that browser behavior the websites you're visiting, the stuff you're clicking on, the videos you're watching about backpacks on, on YouTube, uh, the shopping sites that you're going to, the things that you're adding in your shopping cart, all of that data is getting pushed back to Facebook, even though it's not happening on Facebook. Right? Does that that's make right. sense? In the, in the chat, let level. me know, like that, does right. that make sense? All right, I want to make sure that, that that's clear. So that was happening, right? So all that data is getting pushed back. Now, once Apple releases, well, we're not going to, um, uh, have that happen automatically. We're going to let users choose if they want that data to get pushed back to Facebook. And then when 88% of people say, no, I don't want that data to be available anymore, all of a sudden, Facebook's entire business model of relying on off-channel user behavior goes out the window. And so Facebook now, post iOS 14, the only data it has access to, unless a website is set up the right way and is able to push the data in a certain way, and we'll talk a little bit about that in just a moment, is the data that happens on Facebook, the user behavior on Facebook. So the posts that you like, the groups that you're part of, the things that you click on, and so on and so forth. And so when that happens, Facebook pre-iOS 14, a year ago at this time, could say, oh, if, you've got, if you're a small business owner, and you wanna track someone who's looking to buy a backpack, no problem. <laughs> we can find you the exact person that you want, the type, because they know the person who's looking at camping websites and hiking websites and travel websites and backpack websites and stories. They're able to aggregate all that data and say, you want someone who's looking to buy a backpack? How about these 10,000 people who are in the market for buying a backpack right now? Because they have all this data iOS 14.5 comes around, 88% of people say, we're not sharing that data anymore. Boom, Facebook loses that capability altogether. So in Facebook, if you are an advertiser or a marketer on Facebook, all those little options that you get to see, those little check boxes that you can say, oh, show my, my, my content to people like this, with this interest group, who follow this person, and who are like that, you see these targeting options disappearing every single week. Like, Trey, right, you log in, and it's like you see something, it's there today, and literally you log in tomorrow, and that targeting option no longer available. Yeah, it's, um, it's even more than that. It's, it's, it's not only just that those targeting uh, options are no longer available. The whole reason why we wanted those to be available was because we wanted to be able to build custom and lookalike audiences on the system, which I think is another important thing for people to understand. Custom audiences is an advertising term for a group of people that have taken a specific set of actions. It's no longer interest. They've actually done a thing. They've, you know, they've joined your email list or they visited your website or whatever. There's, there's a lots of different things that can build those. 
but the ability for Facebook to learn that stuff on the fly because of the situation you talked about earlier, the pixel connection that was happening browser to browser, website to website at the browser level, Facebook was learning that stuff in real time. It didn't have to wait on you to tell it what happened. It just literally learned it in a nanosecond and it could actually update the audiences that you set up in real time with that information. So if I went in ahead of time, instead of an audience that said they do these six, if they do these six things on the internet, they are like dead down the fairway for me on exactly who I want to talk to. Facebook in real time, that audience could just be building itself every day. You could be running ads to it every day. And it created a, a propensity in our space for people to build campaigns about this many times and turn them on. And because they worked so well, they were so targeted, they were so rich, you didn't ever have to mess them. I mean, I'm not gonna say who it is, but you talked about me having agency days six years ago now. This six years ago is the last time I worked in an agency. And I just so happened to be still an admin on this, this Facebook account, okay, six years later. And uh, they never removed me. And they just turned on the 4th of July campaign that I built in May of, of, of 2016, they just turned it on again. This is the sixth year in a row that they've just turned it on, changed out the dates and the times to represent whatever the 4th of July falls on this year. And they're just, and I, I, I did the nice thing and I called them like, hey, y'all, unless you go and set this stuff up, I know that campaign's made you, it literally made them lots of money every year for five years, really up all the way even through last year. But I'm like, this year, unless you change, I went and looked at your website, unless y'all change this, I'm just throwing you a bone here. Not this is work. not going to spit out the same return. And they were like, oh my gosh, you know, oh, so nice of you. We didn't know. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I want, I want to see y'all win. So just hear me say like, we're still living, we're living in this thing right now. It's not like it happened. It's done. Like all the pivots are over. We pivoted. Like we, we still have to functionally make wise decisions now every step moving forward about instead of looking at it as a detriment it felt like a, if somebody in near in the space it felt like a blow like like for about 45 days i mean it felt like a death blow in some parts of the business right but it's not been there's just things you've got to adjust which we're going to get to about how you actually respond now that it happened so i want to get into that in just a moment i want to talk about what moves you need to make instead because i think we kind of get this picture that the digital advertising world has changed the seminal event was the release of iOS 14.5 by Apple a little over a year ago at this time right now. For some businesses, it took a little bit of time for actually to feel it because when you've built up all these audiences, you know, people aren't updating their browsers overnight, right? Like, you know, you get the, 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 the notification, hey, update your browser, update your browser, update your operating system, update your operating system. And, you know, for some of us, we do it right away. And, you know, my wife is the type of person that she gets a notice like that. She is so responsible. Like, she, she every one of her devices is super up to date. I'm the person that um, uh, uh, says, you know, remind me again tomorrow, which is like, if you've ever seen like the oatmeal cartoon from a few years ago, that's like basically like code word for remind me never, because I will never update. Um, so I'm that person. So it happened over time slowly, but by now, a year later, everyone is out of the system. Like there've been forced updates now. So basically we're here today. Before we get into what to do about it, Trey, because I know we're going to get there here in just a minute. Um, I want to um, let everyone know here about a free resource that we have that I think will be really valuable, um, which, is a, which is a cheat sheet 
of all of the, the terminology here, because we've said a lot of terms. We've got first party data, we got you know third party data. You mentioned web 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, conversion API, Facebook pixel, uh, you know, all of these different uh, uh, terms. And so what I'd love to do if we come to me on this, please, um, is I'd love to let you know about uh, a resource. We pull it up on the screen, which is the web 3.0 cheat sheet for digital marketing. Um, and it's basically a guide that walks you through like all of these terms, what they mean, um, what to do about it. And it's something that we uh, make available for free um, when you sign up for a special secret text message thread that we have. So I have a secret text message thread. You can see um, that page when you go to uh, getweb3ready.com forward slash text, T-E-X-T, getweb3ready.com forward slash text. And I'll just text you a copy of that entire resource. So um, if you want to, you know, it's super helpful just to keep all the definitions straight, what the terms mean, how they all fit together, what's what. Um, again, totally free. Just put your email and your, um, your, your phone number in this space, just like you see right here, getweb3ready.com. And I'll put my email. You'll have to put your real email because it will actually be sent to you. But I'm just putting test just so you can get a sense for what it is. You'll put your real phone number. If you're outside the United States, you just choose whatever uh, your country code is. And we'll text that over to you, um, this entire resource right here. And if you don't already have it, we'll also send you uh, this visual guide to digital marketing in the Web 3.0 era as well, which is a, a great visual resource for you to have access to. So it's just great to keep all of these terms straight, all the different um, you know, elements that we're talking about here today and the future conversations we'll be having later this week. Again, that link is getweb3ready.com, so that's text. And once you've done that inside the chat, for those of you here right now, let me know inside the comments, inside the chat thread that you've gotten it. Just type the word text. That'll let me know that you're on the secret text thread. Um, and I've got even more goodies that are coming up around the corner as well. So um, lots of good stuff when you're on that thread that you can only get when you're there. Um, and we'll also send you, uh, we won't abuse it, but we'll also just send you, you know, reminders when things are coming up. Like, hey, you know, tomorrow's session is happening. Like, make sure that you join us. So um, it gets you access to all the best stuff, all the goodies, um, and uh, reminders on when everything's happening so you do not miss a single session. All right, so with all that said, if we just stand me for just a second, I want to talk a little bit about um, what this means, right? So the title of this talk, Trey, is, um, you know, marketing and advertising in a cookie-less world. Mm -hmm. So does this mean the end of cookies? Like, like this change, like, you know, does this mean the end of cookies? I mean, I've seen, you know, um, uh, for example, like, you know, these, these headlines of Meta is changing Facebook targeting in 2022. I see headlines like Facebook pixel will be gone this year. Here's how to prepare. Uh, headlines like Google's new cookie replacement policy. What does it mean for online privacy? And, and, and so much more. So what does it mean? Does it mean the end of cookies, this cookie-less era? What does this mean exactly? Yeah, we're in it. We're in it, Ryan. We, it is an era, right? And it's, it's got a start date. The, the, the first domino fell last spring. Mm. By, by all of us in the game's ca calculation, the final domino will fall sometime next year. Google has announced that they're going to make similar updates to their platforms as far as a third-party tracking goes. And so we are living in this area where we will be cookie-less in the way we've thought of cookies historically sometime in the near future. And the primary thing that's that's happening from this is, is people starting to question things like single sign-on people starting to question things like can i trust this facebook pixel anymore and why did why did the name change from facebook pixel to metapixel well that's because the whole company's name changed so it's literally still the same pixel they just had to change it because the name facebook is different now so the metapixel and what's this thing about conversion api so we're living in this this thread of space right now 
where we have been using what's called browser to browser tracking. That's a very third party data level tracking um, from website to website using bridge, a bridge piece of code that's called a pixel or we, you've hinted at it already. We're now moving into a world over the next six to 12 months where people are going to have to be focused on what's called server side tracking. And they can get to server side tracking through a couple of different means. But the biggest like visual I can do with my hands here to kind of represent it is server side tracking is no longer website to website and server side tracking. The, your website connects with the consumer and you gather the information on your own servers through your own forms or pur purchase flows or whatever it is, whatever mechanism it is used to get the you know first name, last name, email, whatever information you want in your customer. And then there's a bridge, bridge piece of technology that's now been built that has your server talk to Facebook server. That's why it's called server side tracking. And that bridge is called the conversion API. That's the gateway that's been built between those servers. So if you're looking at browser level data only anymore, good luck because it's just not going to work. What happens is you have to now add in a new layer because the cookies are slowly dying at slow death here. You have to add in this new layer of tracking in order to be able to trust any of your advertising and move forward in an appropriate way using something called the conversion API on Facebook and whatever it is that Google eventually comes out with too. Whenever they're done with, uh, you know, everything that they're going to do from a cookie standpoint, they're already starting to do server side events inside of Google Tag Manager. So if you want to go look more into that, there's plenty of information out online that you can look up about how to install Google Tag Manager and use their server side events inside of their analytics platform. But everyone's starting to move to this again, this server side where you you have to request the information. They have to volunteer or, you know, you have to track it. They have to volunteer that information to you. And now you have to become the steward of that information and you as the arbiter or the, the protector of that information have to say, hey, customer, this is what I'm going to do with your data. This is not what I'm going to do with your data. So in a lot of ways, Ryan, Apple has made all companies become data companies like you have got to be a data company now and thinking about how you're going to get data, keep data manage data and then steward and leverage that data in a healthy way moving forward. And if you're not thinking about that in your business, if it's scary or you're you like you're just unsure or you say, I'm not techie. Now, honestly, guys, I'm in this space. I'm not really that that techie of a guy too, myself in my personal life. But what I can tell you is in this business world, the data is the main thing. Like it's the biggest proponent to your present success and your future success is how good you are at capturing data. And we've all been um, sort of, you know, we've, we, uh, we scooted our chairs up to the parents' table at Thanksgiving and waited on the Facebooks and the Googles and all those worlds to serve us and say, here you go, we made all this stuff for you. Now we've got to go into the kitchen ourselves and figure out how we're going to actually devise the plan to get the right kind of data from our customers, our existing customers, and our target prospects, you know, our ideal customers online, and bring that to the forefront so that we can keep our competitive advantage going forward. So hopefully that was, you know, if there's anything there you want to unpack, we can. So what I'm hearing to summarize it is we are moving away or we have moved away from browser based tracking, the cookie yep. system that we've come to know for the last 10 plus years to now what's known as server side tracking, which requires you as the business owner, as the website owner to put additional pieces in place on your website so that when someone visits your website, you are gathering that data and you are then sending it back 
to Facebook yeah. or Google or whatever big tech aggregator that you're advertising on, on their platform, so that they can take that user data and help you create these look-like audiences, these custom audiences, so you can serve that person who's looking for the backpack instead of just Facebook saying, finger in the wind, I have no idea, we're just gonna take a wild guess, to, ah, people who have taken these actions on your website. So, so what I'm hearing then is it, it you, you made a comment a moment ago that, that every business needs to be in the data business. And it sounds like we need to have a data strategy. And we're gonna be doing an entire session going deep on, on data. But, but you talked about a few types of data in passing. And I'd love for you to maybe kind of set these definitions in place right now. You mentioned third-party data, you mentioned first-party data, I think you mentioned zero-party data at, at, at some point. Can you talk a little bit about these different types of data? What's the difference between third-party, first-party, zero-party data, which is a new term that I think not a lot of people have necessarily heard, yeah. and, 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 and why are they important? So just, just start by maybe just defining those three terms and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, so third-party data is data that in, in the best way, shape, or form is collected for the point of advertising. How is that data collected? So the Facebooks of the world, their third-party data that they give you access to is all of the information that little piece of code, that pixel has collected on specific users all over the web for the last 10 years, the websites that they visited, the videos that they've watched on YouTube, things that they've downloaded, all of that information. It's anytime you're able to use someone else's data that they collected, not that you didn't collect on your behalf, like you can either pay for it via the form of advertising. Um, and that's the most common way. So that's third party data. So it's the aggregate of everything you've ever done online. And there's certain people out there who have access to that information. First party data is the data that your own website collects, sort of think about it in the background, not necessarily in the foreground, but in the background. The biggest um, interface online that a lot of marketers will use that, that measures first party data would be a tool like Google Analytics. So Google Analytics sort of sits one layer underneath the front end of your website and monitors things like videos viewed on the site, pages, pages per session, time on site, bounce rate, downloads, so on and so forth. All that information gets distilled down and sent to you. So you can say, hey, your users, and you can even go into GA and you can see that, you know, you've got this this geographical region is well represented on your website and they're into soccer or they're into online shopping. There's a lot of different information that GA can gather from its third party data that it has as a company married to your first party data that your website's now capturing on your behalf. So that's that's information that's not necessarily volunteered. But it's information that you're, you know, you're, you are implicitly learning about your customer as they interact with your websites, your mobile apps, your web applications, things like that. Zero-party data. Forrester introduced this term, better part of late, late part of last year. In a way, it's sort of encapsulated inside of first-party data, but it gets to the root of the issue that we have got to speak to, and it's this: it's zero-party data is when somebody shows up on your website and they understand your privacy policy and they understand who you are, and then they voluntarily say, "You can know this about me." How, how do they do that? Most of the time, it's through things like filling out a form or when they're going to purchase a product and they've got to put in their first name, their last name, their mailing address, you know, their credit card information. Like that, that information that's now getting loaded into your CRM, most people will have a CRM or a customer relationship management tool on the back end of their website. All that information that you're collecting to now build your own user profile, that very personal information, uh, that is all zero party data. And so, specifically even more so if you can start to get into things like really personal identifi identifiable stuff like birthday 
preferences, anything related to preferences, like, uh, you know, if they like certain colors or certain holidays or whatever it is that you might ask, all of that gets boiled down into zero party data. And it is my opinion and many of the colleagues that I respect in the space that that level of data and having a plan for that level of data is going to be how people win or lose kind of going forward from here, because we don't have that, that, that pipe that we had connected to the mothership of third party data that was out there has been cut off. And even if we reconnect the pipe, you know, our own websites are not getting the traffic load or the traffic volume that a Facebook or a Google is. So our data is going to be is going to be sparse to start with, right, in comparison to the amounts of data that they have, which makes it all the more important for us to get it right, for us to steward it well, collect it well, and to have that value be built up over time. Because, you know, like you, we've said this before, in a lot of ways, we've been building houses on rented lands for quite some time on these sites. And now it's time for us to change our mindset about what our website really is and our repertoire of online marketing. And for those people who were just strictly building on Facebook or strictly building on Google, like they've got a lot of decisions they've got to make about how they go forward from here in regards to the data. So third party, first party and zero party data. Yeah, so there's a few things that I want to unpack here that were just sort of nuggets that I, you know, heard from just that, that last little um, response and that last little segment is number one, um, if you are building your business entirely on third-party data, relying on Facebook's ability to target, Google's ability to target, uh, you are building your business on rented land and you can get evicted at any yeah. time. You can get deplatformed, the rug can be pulled out from underneath you, and we've seen businesses that this has happened to overnight. They lose 100% of their lead flow and client flow because they didn't have a first party and most importantly, a zero party data strategy. So third party data is when you're just relying on the targeting options on Facebook to drive the right people to the right thing that you are selling on your website or in your business. That's third party data. First party data is where you are tracking people on your websites using tools like Google Analytics to see the things that they're clicking on but it is not necessarily something that a person is explicitly providing to you. So you're still tracking people in the background. It's still that quote unquote spying paradigm that we hate so much about Facebook, right? Facebook listening in on our Denver conversation and showing us an ad and we say, how the heck did Facebook know this? Like I haven't told anybody this. They must've been spying on the conversation, right? So we don't like that spying paradigm to a zero party paradigm. And this is where the penny should drop. The zero party paradigm is where you're moving from third to first to zero party data where instead of relying on spying, you're relying on asking. When someone lands on your website, you begin by asking a series of questions to understand who they are. Information that your website visitor is willingly and explicitly volunteering to you. There's no hidden agenda behind the scenes. You're able to say, hey, if you take some time to tell me a little bit about yourself, I'll be able to do the right next thing for you. I'll be able to recommend the best product. I'll be able to take you to the next best page. So there's nothing hidden. There's no algorithmic, scary, big brother AI happening in the background. It's just two people having a conversation, but having that conversation through your website. So you're going from a spying paradigm to an asking paradigm.
Now we're gonna get back to that here in just a minute. Um, I don't wanna go full circle too quickly, um, but I do wanna go back to something, Trey, that you did say a moment ago. Um, and that is moves that we are making right now in our business, right? There's some things that we've done. You kind of alluded to some of the changes moving from relying on the old Facebook pixel to now marrying that with the conversion API. You touched on very briefly some of what's happening on Google using Performance Max as a optimization tool. It's a tool that, face, uh, that Google has rolled out for your advertising efforts and, and targeting, better targeting uh, leads and customers through Google's ecosystem. And the reason why we spend, by the way, so much time on Facebook and Google is because combined together, they represent something like 80 to 85% of all of the digital traffic available online. So when you, if you're a fan of Pareto principle, right, 80-20 rule, like 80% of the results with 20% of the work, I'm a big fan of 80-20, those are the two. And when we say Facebook and Google, we're talking about all of their sister platforms as well. So Google includes YouTube, Facebook includes Instagram, and all of the satellite and sister platforms as well. But 80, 85% of the available inventory online to, to get exposure um, is through those platforms. And of course, there are others like TikTok and LinkedIn and Pinterest and others as well. Um, but, but we focus here because that's the 80-20 and that's where most businesses should start. And frankly, I've been part of businesses that have grown to $100 million on just one of those two platforms. So people who are always obsessing over like looking for the nooks and crannies of where to find traffic, like oftentimes you're chasing after, you're tripping over dollars to chase after pennies. This is where it's at. This is where it's here. Don't go for the crumbs until you've eaten the main dish. And this is the main dish. We can go after the crumbs later if you're still hungry and, you're, and you're, you're not full after the full meal, but focus on the full meal that's in front of you right here. And that's Google and Facebook. So I wanna go back to something that you said, which is we are making some moves right now. You touched on conversion API. You also kind of alluded to some of the things that we're doing in channel as well. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that, what that means and how that's a strategy for anyone listening to this or watching this right now, you can begin thinking about for getting traffic into your funnel. Yeah, so there's there's three things I wanna teach you in this segment. So we'll, we'll kind of spend our time here to make sure that I, I wanna do it at the right speed so that you guys can really get some actionable stuff out. So the first thing that we'll, we're gonna talk about is differentiation. Then we're gonna come back to in-channel, like Ryan said, and then we're gonna talk about in-out-own, okay? So let's talk about differentiation to start with. The biggest encouragement I could give to you right now is to make sure that you're no longer a single channel business. Everything Ryan said is true. You can build very large funnels still on just a Facebook or just a Google. But the biggest thing I want you to be thinking about we're using that rented lands metaphor that I talked about earlier, instead of building houses on rented lands, I want you to think about having timeshares in a couple of different exotic locations. And so I want you to think about you know, you're going to go and you're going to extract the experience and the maximum amount of value that you can have out of those destinations like Facebook and Google, but you're going to eventually going to have to come back home, right? You're going to have to move and bring that information with you. So what I want you focused on with differentiation is, is what is the second channel you could add to your business this year? If you are, if you have two channels, what's the third channel that you could add to your business this year? Let me walk you through which channels I think you should consider. And you got to do your own research, but just from what I'm seeing on cost per action, cost per impression, uh, conversion rates, just in our own business, these are the channels that we are either fully active on right now or in the process of doing some discovery and exploration on that I think you can take note of your business. We're still very much uh, active on Facebook and we're gonna drill down into Facebook here in just a second at a very deep 
way. Ryan mentioned Google. We, we've done, you know, search ads, display ads, YouTube campaigns in the past. In the last six months-ish or so, eight months-ish or so, uh, Google rolled out a new uh, bidding structure called Performance Max that we've been using and seeing quite a bit of success with. Um, there's a lot of research you can do out there on it. The best thing to that you need to understand is, is that you're going to use Performance Max. You've got to have a lot of flexible creative. Okay, what I mean by that is you got to have multiple headlines, multiple images, multiple videos in order for it to work well. But there's something there's something there with Performance Max and the way that the uh, the the AI essentially that Google's built takes over some of the advertising. So I would definitely check into that. The third one that I really am, am bullish on, and obviously it kind of gets overlooked a little bit because it's within the, the Google platform, is YouTube. I think there are some specific changes that have happened in the last 12 months or so on the YouTube platform, specifically about how you place video ads on specific video channels that are new things Google's rolled out, that there's a lot to be learned from that. So I would encourage you to explore YouTube. The other two, um, you, know, you know, Instagram is there as well. I kind of consider that a part of Facebook, but it's certainly there. The big two that I want you to go and do some digging in that we're re really leaning into right now as a brand and going to be trying a lot out on are LinkedIn and TikTok, okay? They, could, they couldn't be more different from each other as far as their target demographic goes, but LinkedIn and TikTok, I will tell you, I've, uh, LinkedIn tends to be a more expensive cost per impression. So you're going to pay a bit more to have your ads seen by your targeted, the people that you're targeting or that you're interested in showing your ads to. But, the, you know, it's hard to argue with how strong their in-channel targeting is um, as far as being able to build a very focused group of senior executives or, or specific buyers in a space, you know, whatever that might be, if you're in coaching or consulting or whatever, whatever space it is that you're in. And then TikTok, there's just a lot of virality and user consumption and interest on TikTok's fastest growing app right now. There's a lot to be said for being able to carve out your little slice of the freight train that is running away right now on TikTok. So those are two channels that I would encourage you. So the first thing that I think you need to do is I think you need to be differentiated across a handful of different channels and really focusing on thinking about your ideal customer. Where do they spend their time? How do I make sure I engage with them well? So that's number one, differentiation. The second thing is, is this in-channel strategy. So let's go back to, you know, Facebook in a lot of ways. Let's talk about that channel. It had its piping kind of cut off whenever the, the browser side disconnect happened with iOS 14.5. But let's don't get it twisted, okay? On its own platform, Facebook has reams and reams and reams and reams of actionable data. And so what we have to be thinking about as advertisers is, you got to put yourself in Facebook shoes a little bit in that they have lost some portion of their business, a lot of the third party stuff that they were using to drive advertising. So how much more invested do they have to be now in making sure that their in channel functionality is as good as it's ever been to make sure that they're mining for as much data as possible. So if they're going to invest in channel and making sure that platform is strong, well, then I, as an advertiser, am going to figure out how do I capitalize on that and invest in that too. And the biggest way that we're seeing that work in our business right now is building videos and driving consumption of the videos uh, in the channel itself. In other words, what I mean by that is, is rather than just making an ad with a video in it that has an exit click, what I mean by an exit click is you hit on the link and it immediately takes you from that that window in your browser to the landing page that you want people to go to. We're going up a step in the funnel. And rather than that being the first interaction that we're doing, we're actually putting teaching content, content like snippets from this talk right here today. We're putting that teaching content in feed and spending money just to get people to consume it. 
Okay, that's all we're trying to do is watch that content in feed. If you think about the user behavior that happens on that site, if you're anything like me, you get stuck watching some reels or you get stuck watching some videos. Next thing you know, 25 minutes later, you've watched 11 videos you didn't even realize you were going to watch. And that's what happened. We're trying to capitalize on that user behavior that 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 uh, that tends to happen on that platform by serving up this valuable content that's meant to both educate and entertain. So it's edutainment, educate and entertain. We put that content in the feed. It could be a really cool case study story or a teaching point of Ryan doing something in our business or me teaching something. And the idea is to consume that content. Then we're able to use the in-channel targeting to know which people have consumed what portion of that target of that content, excuse me, of that content. And now that group of people gets that ad we would have originally done that was, hey, here's some information, click this link, come check out some more, because they've shown some intent now. They've shown some intent to sort of step in towards our brand, to step into our content, step in towards our content. So that's in-channel audience, audience building. There's other ways you can do it, but I like using video as a, as a audience building technique. So I would highly encourage you to check into doing some of that in both Facebook and YouTube right now as those are the two platforms we're doing it on and it's going to create really tight-knit audiences for you that are actually really affordable for you to then advertise to so that's number two number three is this little saying that i've coined called in out own okay and that it kind of piggybacks off point number two so the idea is is how do you go in channel facebook youtube let's use those two as an example build up some audiences using video so you've now built this warm nice audience inside of facebook what is the hook that you get them to come out, you know, to come to your website, what is the freebie or the trial or the downloadable or the magnet, whatever it is you use as a marketer as your first offer, you know, is it, is it a private workshop, whatever it is, that's the out, you get them to move. And then the biggest, most critical thing that you got to focus on is once they come out and they're now in your domain, you know, they're on your website or in your webinar is what are you doing when you have that interaction with them to create owned data in that scenario? So if you're going to serve up a downloadable, is there a couple of extra fields that you can add into that download that, that don't drive your conversion rate down? So what do I mean by that? Normally, when we want to give people free access to, say, a cheat sheet, we might say, give us your email address. Well, what if we put one more question in front of that email address and we said, what kind of business are you in? You know, are you in an e-commerce business? Are you a coach? Are you a consultant? Now give me your email address. The magnitude with which my advertising and my follow-up strategy can improve just by knowing that one extra piece of information about that email address being connected to somebody in a local small business versus somebody in an e-commerce business versus somebody in a consulting space just amplifies my ability all the more to be more specific in what I do with my next step to that person. So that's what I mean by owning your funnel and owning your data is it's not like you've got to go build out this exacerbated, you know, highly technical thing. One simple question can go a long way in making the data more powerful. So again, differentiate at the highest level, build channel uh, audiences in channel in the middle level. And then once you've done that, focus on in, create a great offer, an entry level offer to move them out. And once they're out, ask them questions to build out your own data platform so that eventually you can own that conversation better moving forward. Those are the things we're doing right now in our business and really seeing them start to work, uh, particularly even in this campaign that we're running right now, Ryan. So I just sketched out something that you put together, which I think is really, really um, insightful. Um, and it's this right here. So we've got in, out, own. And this is the model right here. So building audiences in channel. So getting people to watch your videos on YouTube. 
getting these people to watch your videos on Facebook. And based on how long someone watches, how long someone is engaged in channel, that's a good way to measure like how good of a potential customer is that person. Right. In other words, if they're not willing to watch five seconds of what you've got to talk about, chances are they might not be interested in what it is that you've got to sell. But all things being equal, someone who sticks around all the way to the end, someone who's engaged, they're gonna be a better customer. So you build these in-channel audiences that you then get out of channel via some form of uh, lead magnet, some type of uh, attractive piece of content that moves them off channel into your world, and you are adding those questions that you are asking to own your own zero party data. And this is how you go from that third party data paradigm to that zero party data paradigm over here using that in to out to own model, which I think is absolutely critical. Now, and Ryan, I, when you when you do it when you, real quick, when you do it, there's two other things. Now, did this? I should have drawn this out, but you're a much better artist than I am. But uh, the, there's two things that are um, momentum drivers in this yeah. scenario that make this work all the more. In step number one, when you're building in, you're actually feeding the beast, so to say, because Facebook wants to keep people on their platform. So if you're willing to spend money that keeps people on the platform, watching content on their platform, that makes their value go up, which guess what it means? It makes your cost do mm. go down because they they see it as you're investing in the audience. Manager. So you'll actually be really surprised at how affordable it is to do step number one. OK, mm. the second thing that you see happen is when you do step number one well and you add in the cost that you have to spend on step number two. What we're seeing happen is that the blended costs of those two things added together is more affordable than if I had just done step number two to start with. If I had just built an ad to say, you, so I don't, I mean, we need to, maybe we got to draw this out. This, is the, this is the, the critical thing. This is the critical thing, guys. I want to restate what Trey just mentioned, because this is where it's at. If you go straight to out, if we look at my diagram, if you go straight here, which was the old model where you could just drive traffic to the thing that you're trying to take people off channel, off of Facebook into your website or whatever. If you go straight here, you're gonna pay more, as, 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 as counterintuitive as this may sound, you're gonna pay more in your advertising and to acquire a lead and to acquire a customer than if you add this step that you might not be doing right now, which is to get people to consume content in channel on YouTube, on Facebook, and video content right now is where it's at. And then, and only then, do you run this part of your campaign to your website, to that sub-segment of people who have engaged with your video content. I just wanna do a quick check-in inside the chat. Does this make sense? Let me know, so give me a heck yeah, if this makes sense, inside the chat, because this is a critical piece to succeeding in this cookie-less world, as we've described it. This new era, this is one of the key shifts that you need to put in place. So key shift number one, you need to shift away from just relying on the old browser side tracking system to now using server side tracking. That's shifting, for, for example, for Facebook, Facebook Pixel to now adding the conversion API. That's shift number one that you need to make. Shift number two, you need to go from relying on a single channel source, mono channel traffic, like I get everything from Facebook, to now supplementing that with multiple channels. That's thing number two. Thing number three is going from a straight out model to an in-out own, where you're building audiences in channel, advertising to those audiences, and acquiring your own zero-party data. Because that zero-party data that you own, that users volunteer explicitly on your website, that is 
the secret. That is the secret sauce that makes everything go in this new paradigm. So Trey, what I'd love for you to talk a little bit about is in this in-out-own <laughs> in, model that we just talked about here a moment ago, like what is that secret move? What is the move to get people from in-channel, third party, to zero party that, that you found to be more successful than anything else, the move that we use over and over again in our business, um, kind of the thing that is the number one thing that any business owner should be driving traffic to in their business. If you were to pick one thing, one move, what is that thing? A quiz. It's uh, a quiz funnel as we teach it. Is It's one of those things because it taps into the psychological virality of not missing out. A lot of people on these social channels don't want to miss out on the next thing that might happen, as well as building just an incredible bridge to get very specific volunteered answers that could ultimately be very personal about somebody like, tell me a little bit more about yourself, who you are, how much do you make, what are you most interested in, and so on and so forth. And so when you use quizzes as the out technique in this in, out, own methodology that I just let out of this framework, you'll, what you're going to find is, is that your cost per action is just fundamentally low, just very affordable on a completion standpoint. Yeah, it's not a conversion. It's not a purchase event. I understand. I, I, I've run large e-commerce websites too. I understand the power of driving conversions. I'm not saying that is a middle of the funnel technique. But listen, the information that that quiz then spits out to you about who those people were that took this quiz and what you can now know about them, guess what it makes get better really quickly? All of the stuff you're doing in channel. So what happens is instead of it being this linear function, as you build a quiz the right way, it almost becomes cyclical in that as you move people from in to out to own, what you're learning in own on the backside of your quiz funnel makes the, the videos that you make in, in the end channel part of the strategy all the more targeted, all the more resonant, all the more focused. It makes your copy get more specifically inside of all of the ads that you write. It helps you understand exactly where your persona data really is. You might have thought that your ideal persona was, you know, one, two, three, four, but you take the quiz and you're like, oh my goodness, it's it's four, it's four, five, six, seven. You follow what I'm saying? So there's a lot of just sheer volume of information that you get to learn on the back of a quiz funnel. And don't let that word quiz kind of throw you off. It could be a survey, an assessment, a diagnostic. I mean, there's it is a mechanism. Um, you know, my former company, we, we talked about it being what we would call like a, a digital MRR. So in the, in, the, in the SaaS space, people that take the inbound phone calls are called market response representatives, okay? The market has responded, I'm going to answer the phone. In a way, a quiz, a survey is a digital market response representative. It's when you walk into the store and you're at a nice clothing store and they say, how can I help you today? What's your favorite color? What size do you wear? It's that. It's conversational commerce at scale. It helps you learn so much more about those people that are taking these ads so that the waste, because all of us in advertising know that there's always waste, right? There's always for every one, you know, one, you know, 10 clicks you get, you get four landing page views. And for every four landing page views, you get two people to do the action and two that you get one. What we're seeing is, is, is the waste shrink between the number of clicks it takes to drive that action, which means your cost per lead goes down, which means your conversion rate goes up. So Quizzes help you find voice of customer data at scale and voice of customer data is the single unlock to a zero party data strategy. And that's why we're all in on quizzes. It's, it's, you know, it's why we believe in it. It's why we're doing our workshop next week, which I know you're going to talk about. And it's, it, we're in one of those tectonic moments, Ryan. You and I were talking you know, the other day and I was saying like, it feels like a plate shift kind of moment in our space right now where it's not, it's not going back. 
and we're still not yet certain on what it's going to be. But what I can tell you is, is that he who has the data will win, period. That, that, that's why Facebook and Google and Apple and Amazon have won for the last 10 or 12 years. Like if we, if we saw the data profiles they actually had on us, I'm not sure what we would do because they know a lot about us. And so maybe we don't want to know that much about our customers, but we do want to know enough, right? We want to be able to do the Goldilocks thing of serving them the right bowl of porridge at the right time, the right bed when they need it. Like we want to meet them where they are. And the only way we do that is through asking a series of questions and creating scenarios that like a quiz can do um, to be be able to learn that data quickly, effectively, and to use that data to make us smarter, not just take the quiz to take the quiz sake, but learn from the quiz ourselves as the business owner and make our marketing get better because we did it. You know, there's so much in there that I think is so uh, valuable uh, to speak to. Um, and you know, you said it, he or she who has access to the most data wins. And going back to something that you talked about at the absolute beginning of this conversation, which is the world has moved away from this idea of algorithmic personalization, this idea of big brother watching and spying in the background, from spying to asking. And if you wanna be hyper current, hyper relevant right now and meet your market where they're at, it's to be incredibly explicit with the fact that, hey, listen, if you take a moment to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you need help with, we can recommend the right thing for you. And we'd much rather do it this way, transparently, upfront, and establish this trust than to do it in a way that there's tracking happening in the background and you're just playing into that distrust and you're setting yourself up for a fractured relationship with your market from the start as opposed to being open and upfront and using the power of a quiz, using the power of asking questions when someone lands on your website to better understand who they are so you can ultimately better sell and better serve is the great unlock. That is the piece where everything ties together. And for those of you who are watching this right now, you are in luck. Trey kind of uh, mentioned something a moment ago. If you haven't already heard, I know you're here listening about traffic and Web 3.0, but we just so happen to be hosting a quiz funnel workshop next week. It's something that we do once a year where we go through the entire process of creating, designing, coming up with one of these quizzes for your own business. And uh, the good news is this. Now, a ticket to attend this workshop next week is normally $100 to attend. It's $100 at the ticket to join the workshop. You get to participate, get access to all the resources, get access to all the templates, get access to everything you get access to um, as a participant in that workshop. But because you're here right now, because you're here live, and those of you who are here live, I told you there'd be some incentive, some extra unadvertised pieces. For those of you who have not already registered for this week-long quiz funnel workshop, which kicks off on Monday next week, um, we have a special gift, and that is a coupon code that takes your ticket price from $100 to be 100% free. So when you join and go to the link by going to quizfunnel.com slash traffic, quizfunnel.com slash traffic, it's gonna take you to a page that looks a little something like this. You're gonna see here, join the live 2022 quiz funnel workshop, and when you use that coupon code traffic, as you see it on the top of the page, you can get access to this week-long, once-a-year workshop. We only do this once a year, that's it. It's a once-a-year opportunity, the 2022 Quiz Funnel Workshop just so happens to be next week, so your timing is perfect. You get to attend 
for free. So here's what you want to do right now if you haven't already done so and you're interested in taking advantage of this great unlock that's going to help you win the Web 3.0 traffic game that we started talking about here today. First things first, on the right-hand side, take a moment to, again, tell us a little bit about yourself. Why are we asking this piece of information? I'll be totally transparent. When you tell us a little bit about your business by answering just this one question right here, we will be able to customize the training, the workshop, the resources that you get access to based on your type of business. So if you're selling an e-commerce products or e-commerce website, tell us that you're an e-commerce business. If you're selling a course or membership or software, let us know. If you are an affiliate marketer selling other people's products as an affiliate, tell us. If you are a coach or a consultant or you're an agency or a freelancer and you'd like to get more clients for your business, let us know. And last but not least, if you are a local small business, maybe you operate in a small town, you got a shop on the town square that you uh, sell things uh, from your storefront, let us know as well. So pick the option that best describes you right here. And you can go ahead and do this with me in real time. Let's go ahead and do this together. You'll click on this button right here, choose whichever one is right for you. Next, you have to put will not accept your order. Um, so you got to make sure that you put a real email address in this space. And then you're going to want to put in the coupon code as you see it right here. You actually have to type it in where it says coupon code traffic and then click this link that says apply coupon so it'll let you know if you've if the coupon's been accepted see this says ryan uh, email is empty please try again because i put in an email address that's not a real email i'm not going to put my real email address there are thousands of people who are going to watch this i'm going to get so many emails from those of you here but you put uh, an email address to real email it'll say coupon accepted and then what will happen is it will take this price from 100 dollars to be zero dollars you'll see this pop up right here you click next step and you'll be getting instant access to everything that we've mentioned and more. So this is a, 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 an interactive get it done live training. You can see here the dates and details, June 13th through the 18th. We're going to cover how to figure out what your quiz topic should be, how to come up with your quiz big idea, how to come up with your quiz questions so you can gather that zero party data. We're going to be building a quiz in real time. We're going to go through dozens of different examples in all sorts of different markets. You can see things in action. Um, and in case you're wondering, yeah, we even use a quiz for this symposium. If you go to um, uh, uh, the web3quiz.com, um, you'll be able to see this quiz. So yes, for those of you wondering, are you even using quizzes in your business? Oh my gosh, we've got so many quizzes, I've lost track of all the quizzes. So here's an example of one of the quizzes that we have running in our business right now. How, web, how ready is your business for Web 3.0? How Web 3.0 ready is your business? Take the quiz to find out now. Um, so you can see here's an example of a quiz if you want to see a quiz in action. Uh, but again, going back to that link, the link one more time is quizfunnel.com forward slash traffic, quizfunnel.com forward slash traffic. Again, use that coupon code traffic and it'll take your ticket price down to be 100% free. You just need to put your email, coupon code, you'll get access to everything I've mentioned, plus all sorts of cool goodies like 18 dedicated QuizFunnel templates, 90 pages of examples, um, a blueprint that walks you through the entire process and more. All right, before we wrap things up here, um, I always like to end with a final exercise that's gonna help bring everything all together. And um, uh, I'll give you a chance to get your fast fingers ready for this one. 
We've been having some fun with nuggets along the way, and I've been seeing quite literally thousands of nuggets shared in this training live, for those of you who are here live right now. But this is where we take all of what we've covered so far here today, everything that we've covered, and you look at your notes, you look at everything that you've written down, you look at everything that you've jotted down and whatever you're using to take your notes, everything that's standing out in your mind, and I wanna invite you to take a moment now to think about what has been your single biggest takeaway from today's session. And the way you do that is by using hashtag takeaway, all caps, one word, hashtag takeaway, and posting it inside the chat thread that we've got going on here right now. Hashtag takeaway, and take a moment to post what has been your single biggest takeaway from today's session. It could be something about first-party data versus third-party versus zero-party data. It could be the importance of using the conversion API. It could be performance max. It could be um, the world that we live in here today and the shift from Web 1.0, Web 2.0 to Web 3.0. It could be a conversation around the Edelman trust barometer and how we've entered into the state of distrust in the market. The privacy wars between Facebook and uh, Apple, iOS 14.0 it's meant in driving advertising costs and effectiveness through the roof. Um, it could be anything, big, small, whatever it may be. Use that hashtag takeaway and let us know what's been your single biggest takeaway in today's session. And Trey and I will read off just a few that stand out to us as we bring today's session to a close. And I leave you with your final micro assignment for the day before we talk about what we're going to be doing here tomorrow. So um, if we just stay on me here for just a moment as I pull up this page, I'm seeing so many great takeaways here. Uh, this is awesome. Takeaway server data versus browser data, says Michael. Uh, I'm seeing here uh, privacy wars, says uh, Mary Jane. Uh, Rosalind says the shift of level of trust and the lack of privacy. Uh, Izzy's takeaway says everything. <laughs> um, uh, what are some of the ones that stand out to you? Uh, I, saw, I saw several uh, in out owns pop in there. I saw uh, someone just said that 80, 88% of people don't want the big brother to spy on them anymore. Yes, that's true. So mm -hmm. that's, that's a good one there. Takeaway, uh, he who has the most data wins. That, yep, that one too. Um, plenty of people saying they got a lot to learn, a lot to learn. Hey, listen, I've got a lot, a lot to learn too. That's actually one of the biggest reasons why I think I've been able to be somewhat successful because I've always just committed to still learning. So I, the, whoever owns the data wins, saw that one again, multi-channel marketing. Um, yeah, there's a lot in there, Ryan. It's going fast. It's hard to keep up with. It's going fast and furious. I can't even keep up with it myself. There's so many great takeaways in here. And the important thing is what I want to, um, make sure that you, um, uh, kind of leave yourself with, if we zoom up one level here for a moment and move away from the tactical, practical, like, you know, all the million things that it feels like you need to do and set up, is if you zoom up one level, and, and Trey, I'd love for you to maybe comment on this as well, is, you know, we philosophically are, are entering into a new season, a new era, and I don't know about you, Trey, but, but I, like, I feel it, right? And I'd love if you feel it in your bones, for those of you watching this right now, let me know in the chat. Like, do you feel like, like there, there's, there's a shift happening in the world? There's an economic shift that's happening. I think it's fair to say that we're entering into a new economic cycle. Um, I think there's a shift digitally that's happening. And, and for you and I, one thing that we both have in common, Trey and I both have in common for everyone watching this right now, is that in, we both started um, as entrepreneurs in many ways at the last major shift like this, this last sort of change, this changing season. And for me, that was back in 2007, 2008. 
the last world financial crisis, the middle of the housing market crash, when the world was collapsing and everything was, you know, it felt like the sky was falling. And for those of you who lived through that, you'll remember like all the pain that was happening. And, 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 and from the ashes of that experience rose the phoenix of, of the business that I've had the privilege of, of helping grow and build today. And I think in every shifting tide, it represents an opportunity. Every disruption that's ever happened in the history of the world has represented opportunity. And if there's one thing that I would invite everyone here to take away from this is this disruption. Don't look at it like, oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start. Look at it through the lens of, oh my goodness, look at all the opportunity here because if people aren't doing this right now, and I'm armed with even just this little information that we've covered here today, it represents this opportunity to start new to do something different, to take advantage of this changing season. And so, Trey, I'd love if there's anything that you'd love to share around that point before we bring things yeah. to a close. Yes, a lot of vulnerability on the back of the last recession, 2010. I don't even know. I think I was going to cry. Uh, 2010, I can remember uh, walking myself and my wife to the food stand line. And, you know, we were in a really, really bad financial position. All that, all that era of time did was just exasperated all the more. And, uh, you know, that was the, the day after that was the day that I kind of went to my wife and said, look, I, I don't think I, we can really go back to the professions we were in because clearly those people are losing their jobs left and right. Like we've got to reinvent ourselves. And, you know, she said, hey, look, there's ever been a time to bet on yourself is when you don't got anything else to lose. And uh, that's where we were at. You know, we were at the bottom. And so we started really focused on growing and, and personal development and learning and sticking with it. And here we are 12 years later. And honestly, by the grace of the good Lord and just a lot of hard work, I say all the time, I, I steal Dave's saying that I say, I pray like it depends on God, but I work my butt off like it depends on me, which is what I did. And here we are, you know, a lot of people, in a lot of ways kind of at the pinnacle of this. And my encouragement to all of you out there that are sitting on the fence in these changing times, like the ones Ryan and I talked about from 10, 12 years ago, the best investment you got to make, it's not in the stock market. It's not in real estate. It's not in Bitcoin or crypto. It's in yourself. And I want to encourage all of you right now to make sure that you're taking the step to invest in yourself. Next week's workshop is going to be worth that. I don't even know how many hours it'll end up being, Ryan, 12, 15 hours over a few days. Like invest that time in yourself and in your business. And I'm telling you, you will unlock things in your business that were not available to you before you did those steps next week. I've invested in myself. I'm going to keep investing in myself, keep working really hard. And I hope that I'll see a lot of you on next week's training because it's going to be awesome. And I think you're going to reap a lot of fruit from it if you come. I love it. I couldn't have said it better myself. There's no better bet than betting on yourself. And there's no better investment than investing in your education because no one can take that away from you. They can take away the money in the bank. They can take away your real estate, but they can never take away what's right mm -hmm. here. No better investment than investing in your education. And that starts right here, right now, today. All right, so we're going to wrap things up here. But before you do, uh, one last thing, one final reminder that I want to remind you of is if you haven't done so already, make sure that you are signed up for that secret text thread. And I know there was a little bit of confusion a little bit earlier. The only way you get access, if you go to that link, which is getweb3ready.com slash text, it's going to take you to a page that looks like this on my screen. You've got to put your email in this page and your phone number and click this button that says join thread. When you do that, we will send you that Web3 cheat sheet that I mentioned, 
that has all the definitions of all the terms that we're talking about right now so you can keep it all straight in your mind. Super valuable to have access to that. We'll send you the visual guide to digital marketing in this new Web 3.0 era so you can see how this looks like if you're much more of a visual person so you get access to that. Um, and uh, we've got some other goodies that are coming around the corner as well. So that's the first thing that you want to do. Second thing that you want to do if you haven't already done so, speaking of investing in yourself and in your education, again, once a year, we do this thing. That's it. Once a year, and, and it's the only time we do it. Quiz Funnel Workshop. I cannot stress enough how important it is for you to get yourself registered for that. And the best part is, because you're here at this symposium today, you get to join for free. It's normally 100 bucks, but if you do it right now while we're live, we're going to give you a coupon code, quizfunnel.com forward slash traffic. It's going to take you to a page that looks a little something like this. Tell us a little bit about you and your business so we can customize the workshop to fit you and serve you. If you want to pay full price, by all means, you don't have to use the coupon code. It'll ask for your credit card information and all that good stuff. But if you want to get in for free, just answer this question. Tell us your email. Use this coupon code. Click, click apply. Click this next step button and you will get instant access minutes from this very moment. Um, and when you do so, one of the other benefits is you'll get into the private Facebook group that we got running right now. So um, we have a private community. For those of you wondering, I've got questions. Like, I want to continue the conversation. Like, where is this all happening? Well, when you're registered for this workshop, we got a private Facebook group community that's kind of buzzing right now. So you can get yourself in by going to that link, quizfunnel.com forward slash traffic. All right, that is going to wrap our session for the day. I just want to remind you that we are back here tomorrow, same time, same place. Um, you're going to go back to that link that we used today, which is getweb3ready.com slash live. But tomorrow, we're going to be shifting the conversation and talking about product. In other words, once you've got a sense for where the world is heading and the moves that you want to make with respect to your traffic strategy, what about the product that you're selling? And I've got a special guest who is on the front lines of really what's happening in the world right now in terms of blockchain technology, things like non-fungible tokens, cryptocurrency, and more. And you might be saying, wait, my business has no place for any of that. But tomorrow we're going to be talking about how blockchain is disrupting a lot more than money right now. And this person is someone who was literally just in New York Times Square last week presenting in front of the, the, the largest group of people ever assembled on this topic. Um, someone who has the ear of Gary Vaynerchuk and was at uh, Gary uh, Vaynerchuk's uh, private uh, uh, community session on how NFTs and blockchain is disrupting the entire media landscape right now online. Um, and someone that I cannot be, could not be more excited for you to be learning from um, in tomorrow's session. And so to find out about that special guest, what we're going to be talking about, you're going to be here same time, same place. We've got some more good stuff coming. And remember, the more you're here, the more you're here live, the more points for participation that you earn, the more chance you are to win one of those prizes that I'll be revealing a little bit later in this symposium. With that being said, we're going to wrap things up here today. I want to wish you a great rest of your day, a great rest of your evening, and I look forward to seeing you same time, same channel tomorrow. Please join me in thanking our special guest here today, the one, the only, Mr. Trey Shenneman, for sharing his wisdom, his insights, his ideas, his nuggets, his takeaways from how to use traffic and advertising in this new cookie-less world that we're going to be entering into. We've got a lot more good stuff coming around the corner. So with that being said, we're going to wrap things up here. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you again same time, same place 